Okay, good evening. Welcome to the school committee meeting of Thursday, August 16th, 2018. First item on the agenda, minutes from July 19th, 2018. Does anyone have any questions or comments? So I would like to say that Dr. Peral did a lovely job taking the minutes that night and putting them together. <laughs> on page, I think it's page five, just one tiny, tiny little thing. Um, second line down, Ms. O'Neill said the district should have a goal to bringing in people. It should be of bringing in people instead of to bringing in. It should be of, right? Yes. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Thank I'm not always, you know, the best at that. No, thank okay, you. that's my only thing, but thank you for taking the minutes. <clears throat> so I had one. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you. Okay. And this is mostly because my memory isn't always perfect. So um, under the conversation around discussion and possible vote to appoint members to the naming campaign, that last paragraph says Chair Wiseman suggested that members of the school committee need to decide how to proceed. That, but that's okay. not what we ended well, up doing, right? right. Did you just but, suggest that and then we went on? I just want to make sure that it's clear that that's not our intention at this point. We've put a naming committee together. Right. Okay. So it would be those members. Right. But that was before we decided so to So I, I just wondered if even striking that. Yeah, just take out no. the whole sentence. No, because that's no. what happened at that meeting. Okay. Something oh. happened subsequently okay. to that. Yeah. Right. Okay. This is right. recording what happened at that Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, because at that same, right. right. Something that, happened subsequent in that meeting. By okay. the end exactly. of that conversation. Yeah. Right. By the end of that conversation, we had said, okay, we're just we gonna, can add that. That would be if great. It's missing. Um, Definitely. So, um, and maybe as a last sentence, we could say, this group will now be responsible for moving this initiative forward. The naming committee will now be responsible. Right. Not the school committee. Right? Is that yeah. how we landed? I thought yeah. so. So people have been named for that? Yeah. Yes. We yeah. do that at the last, didn't we do that at the yeah. last? Yeah. 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 Ye
as I started crossing, I was confusing myself as I started okay. trying to make changes, so I thought I'll just rework it. So Ms. O'Neill that said that Annika Prasad, a student at Alvarez High School, has received an Alliance for Community Media Award. She added that Jason Daniels, the director of Easton Community Access Television, recently attended that organization's national conference, where each group at the event was able to nominate films from their local community for various awards. Ms. Prasad received the National Hometown Media Award for Animation. That the former one was just a little lengthier, but this is just okay. kind of pointing. No, I, you added director. Right, right. I get it. Yep. And I, I think I did mention that. I mean, you I didn't go back. Did. Um, Ms. O'Neill also noted that she agreed with Assistant Superintendent Pruitt that Jessica Minahan's workshop was remarkable. She noted that Ms. Minahan provided some alarming statistics, such as a finding that 33.9% of students ages 13 to 18. I actually was reading my notes, so I know that mm -hmm. I. Went back to check manifest clinically significant. Well, it's, it's not um, transcription, right. so it's right, okay right. to add those details, okay. but it um, could be missing sometimes. Anyway, manifest clinically significant anxiety, and that approximately 22 to 25 percent of preschool children likely could be diagnosed with clinical anxiety. She added that, that Ms. Minahan spoke in detail about the unpredictability of the behavior of children with mental health issues and the difficulties this creates for teachers in the classroom. Ms. O'Neill pointed to what she felt was a particularly apt analogy for dealing with such unpredictable behaviors, likening it to unwittingly opening a can of soda which had just been shaken. Finally, Ms. O'Neill said she was pleased that so many teachers attended the workshop. So is that okay as a, yep. I mean, it just was trying to kind yep. of not change a few words here and there and just kind of revamp it. Is that all right? Okay. Okay. Give me that to Lynn. Yep. Thank you. Anything else? Okay, then I am going to make a motion to approve the minutes of Thursday, July 19th, 2018 with the changes as noted tonight. Do I have a second? Okay. All in favor? Great. Um, payments are going around. Approval of cross-country out-of-state trips, Dr. Cabral. Thank you. You have heard this presentation before. We have the coach of cross country, Kyle Souza, here, and I will allow him to explain his request. And I see that the athletic director, Bill Matthews, is here as well. Uh, so, Kyle, if you would like to explain the trip, and if they have any questions, as usual, they'll ask you both. Uh, the cross country has been doing this uh, for a few years now as a part of our, our recent schedule for the fall. Uh, we have uh, requested to attend two cross country meets uh, in Rhode Island. Uh, one of them is on uh, September 22nd, October 20th. Uh, both of them are pretty standard cross-country meets, much like what we attend on weekends here in Massachusetts. Uh, the reason we're going out of state is that these meets uh, have no limit on the number of athletes that we're allowed to let compete. They have no time limits, uh, no entry limits, so we're able to, be able to let our entire team run, uh, which is an advantage that you don't necessarily have at every, uh, all the meets that are available in Massachusetts. That's great. And obviously the policy is for out-of-state trips to be approved by the school committee. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's ironic that we could have a Massachusetts trip that is much further away than Rhode yeah, Island right. even, but it just is an out-of-state requirement. Does anyone have any questions or comments? I think it's great. I mean, I remember you mentioning this before that it allows everyone to participate. I think that's uh, really very smart and very thoughtful of you to come up with that. Um, does somebody want to make a motion to approve? So moved. Second. Second. All in favor? <laughs> All right. Thank you very much.
Um, I'd like to make a motion at this point in time that we move up the item number six, which is the discussion and possible vote to approve the Eagle Scout Playground Project at our row and have that conversation now. Do I have a second? Second. Mm -hmm. All in favor? <laughs> okay, Dr. Crawl. Thank you. So this evening we have Cam Burton, who is going to do a presentation on a proposal he has uh, for um, a project at the Richardson Olmsted School. The principal of Richardson Olmsted, Chris Getchell, is here um, also, and uh, he would like your um, he would like you to um, approve his moving forward with this project, and I'm sure we'll provide. The details, and if you have any questions, you can ask him his questions. Thank you. Do you want us mm -hmm. to move? Uh, no, it's fine. It's really quick. Okay. <coughs> All right. Um, hello. <laughs> hello. So, so as stated, um, my project, my vision is to build um, a Gaga ball, a broken line square, um, on the playgrounds. Um, all right. Okay, so what is Gaga Ball? Um, Gaga Ball is a, it's a, it's like a free-for-all, um, like almost like action almost sport. It's played in like an octagon or pentagon, um, where you would um, like roll or hit ball at um, anyone who's standing in there, and if you get hit on the leg, you're out. You have to step out. Last person still in um, wins. Okay, and broken line square is um, is four square, but it's with nine squares and the squares are above you. Okay, so why these games? So I picked these games specifically because they have a very personal connection to me. Um, I go to the summer camp at Solanto, and they have both of these games there, and I've always wanted to have these games here in Easton, so. I thought this would be the perfect opportunity to bring these games here and to allow other people who may not have the opportunity to enjoy the games that made me find uh, hundreds of other friends across the um, Why is this important? So um, a while back, when I was first coming up with this, um, I read some stuff saying um, like how important recess is. Like um, studies have been showing like, um, more kids who go out and spend a lot of time at recess um, tend to show better test results and higher grades. So I thought that this would um, especially like help out with that and um, like expand options on recess because um, we always, I, I know as a kid I would always want more options in recess. So and then they, uh, our kids that are coming to our row are coming from a row. Center Park, we all have fields, grass fields they play in, and one of the common complaints of our kids is they come to RO and it's it's a it's two playgrounds, it's all pavement, there's no grass. So we get feedback a lot from parents and from kids about wanting more play elements in those playgrounds. So this definitely would serve a need um, at our school. And want to know how we funded? Um, I'm going to be doing my own fundraising through multiple different things, like uh, maybe throwing magic shows or doing ball drives or accepting donations. Um, so, um, so, and uh, also um, one more little note is um, we've been working, we've been working with the gym teachers to teach these games um, as part of their lesson plan. 
um, throughout the year, so the, kid, so the kids know actually how to play the game um, before they have to figure it out on their own. So, yeah, um, is there any, any questions? So, is it going to be a square nine on both sides of the school? Um, no, one side is going to have the nine square, and, and the other side is going to have... And the um, kids swap up for yes, recess, yes. right? So they go to both is, sides? No, right. All kids go to both sides throughout the week. Okay, thank three, you. Three. It's like every other day. Yeah, every other day. And so I'm just going to make a. Oh, did you? I was just going to make a quick you comment. You just didn't raise your hand. Yeah. I did. That's so, okay. <laughs> I, I just I, I wanted to thank you for explaining Gaga Ball because I hear my son talk about it all the time and I have no idea what it was. So thank you. I'm um, super excited about this. I saw this um, in our packet. And we have both these games at the camp that I'm working on in the summer also. But I haven't seen Nine Square because it's at the upper camp. I hear a lot of great things about it. Gaga Ball, oh my goodness, the kids go nuts over it. And it's just like they have tournaments and whatnot. And this, it's a very interactive, very physical game. It's super excited. And Camp's an excellent magician, so I know what I'll have. <laughs> Well, you actually answered one of my questions because the picture we have shows older kids, so I wasn't sure about the age range that um, is normally associated so, with this game. <clears throat> um, you can, any age can really enjoy this and have lots of fun playing it. Um, where I'm gonna build it so it's a height where almost any age can really just come on and have fun. Very creative. So, my only comment was because we've had a, a quick five-minute presentation, but I think it's important to recognize that knowing the intensity of an Eagle Scout project, there has been a lot of work that you've already had to do in terms of getting information together, presenting to your board for the Eagle Scout Review Board to make sure that your funding is all in place. Um, so I, I think that, that from my perspective, mm -hmm. I'm reassured by knowing that there's also another group of adults who are overseeing this project. And um, I, I think it's great when our Eagle Scouts can do things that benefit the community. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Especially Thank kids. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. The Eastern Schools has benefited a great deal from Eagle Scouts. Mm -hmm. and yeah. We're thankful yeah. that they yeah. turn back to their schools yeah. and turn back to the young children to give back to their community. Uh, you are correct. It is a very organized <coughs> process. It's a very rigorous process, which is why it's such an honor to complete it. Um, it it involves research, presentation skills, mm -hmm. fundraising, public outreach. So it, it really reinforces and in, in many cases teaches a lot of the same things that we're teaching in school. And so we're, we're very happy to, to support your efforts, Cam, and, and think that you did a very good job with your presentation. All of your background work and research has been appreciated. Do you want to make a motion? I'd like to make a motion that we approve um, Cam's Eagle Scout project for Nine Square and Agaga Fort at RO. Do I have a second? Second. All in favor? Thank you so Thanks, much. Kim. Okay, so next item will be the um, approval of Weston and Samson contract extension and renewal, Dr. Cabral. Thank you. Sorry, I guess he's coming out. <laughs> uh, David Twombly, our Director of Operations, is here to talk about the contract. Yeah, sure. So this is really a uh, house cleaning type item. As mm -hmm. you know, we have 
a wastewater treatment plant, which is right here at the Olive Marines High School on the campus. And it's managed or operated by Weston and Sampson. So currently we have a three-year contract, but each year you have to renew the extension, so it's really a formality. Uh -huh. So uh, basically we're looking for your approval to approve the Weston and Sampson uh, operation management of the wastewater treatment plant. Okay. All of my pens have just fallen apart. Um, <laughs> thank you. Okay. Uh, does anyone have any questions I, or comments? In the where it says pursuant to said contract in the DPW 2017-11, is that just a code or that's a code? Okay. It's not a year or something like that. Okay. This was written up by Sarah Bellino, who mm -hmm. works in Jay Callum's office, so she kind of knows this. Okay. Okay. Does it? And this is just something we do every year. Yes, yeah, it's something we have to do every year. It's, um, I think it's uh, Wendy yeah, asked us to do it because I think it's tied into the bonding, the uh, bond rating or something. So it's some sort of formality with that. And so we've we've previously um, approved, we approved the actual the, uh, contract. So what we're approving right. now is the extension right. agreement. Exactly. And then next summer, I'll be back to basically the same. So what? Sorry, at what point do you renegotiate a whole contract? I mean, right it's now we're... It's a three-year contract, so after the third with, year. With the... With the okay. Okay. We'll probably go up to bid uh, January of 2020, I think it is. And we do this with the town, too. Yeah. Because the town has a wastewater treatment, so it's a good thing to have the DPW at the town and the schools kind of combined mm -hmm. because we get better pricing. Okay. Anyone have any other questions? Okay. Um, so I'll make a motion to approve the Town of Easton Wastewater Treatment Facility Operations and Maintenance Extension Agreement with um, Western and Sampson Services. Second. A second. All in favor? Thank you. Okay. Next item on the agenda is review of concussion policy. First reading. Dr. Cabral? The legal, our, our legal uh, representatives are going over all of the uh, school committee policies right now. We had that done by MASC, as, as you remember, um, Massachusetts Association of School Committees, for content <coughs> and for maybe new uh, items that have come up, have come up that MASC recommends be added. Mm -hmm. However, now it, it is important to have the legal team look it over very carefully. So Rebecca Bryant has been doing that this summer. She isn't finished with it. However, we asked her to expedite one in particular uh, at the rec at the request of Bill Matthews, the athletic director, and that's the concussion policy because mm -hmm. he's trying to get it in at the very beginning of the school year as mm -hmm. quickly as possible. And there are others that we had talked about, like the restraint policy, where there have been legal recent legal decisions that influenced it, and it caused us to get it done a little bit early. So. Because we have to have two readings on this with the school committee, mm -hmm. this is considered the first reading. Um, and I will let Phil Matthews sort of uh, explain the changes that he is recommending for this and okay. answer any questions that you might have. Thank you. And it has, again, been already reviewed by the attorney. Okay, thank you. I don't know how detailed you want to get on this because a lot of this really was um, a cleanup of um, some of the language and just making things a little bit more practical and rewording some okay. of the document. And then there were a couple of recommendations by uh, Rebecca in the document. So mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to get through every change or if you have. I'll leave it to you to tell me. Sure. Um, do, if, does anyone have any questions about it? I mean, the changes weren't 
you know, significant. So does anyone have any questions or comments on any of the changes that were made or? I have one sure. strange comment. Under the list of sports or students that require it, for some reason in the past, I have in my head that we required marching band to undergo this as well, but I don't see them listed. No, I, I had the same question at some point, but I never saw that in the policy. Okay. So okay. it wasn't something that I removed. Okay. Do okay. Want, but they have. I mean. Have they had issues? No, but oh. the kids have. I mean, the kids, I know marching band kids have had, have, you know, when, I sign, sign my, when I sign my child up for yeah. marching band, I have to indicate that that's one of the things I've read, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. I all, think. All of, the, all of the athletic activities, I'm not sure if it's marching band or not, which might fall under the same registration process, but every parent and every student that participates in an athletic uh, uh, sport uh, during the course of the year is required to take concussion training. Right. Regardless of whether it's a contact sport or not. Okay. 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 So that, that might be where the margin is. Okay. Okay. I just didn't know if we needed to have them included if we were having them do that. Okay. Um, anything else? Okay. So this is our first reading. So at our next meeting, we'll have a second reading and then we can vote, um, vote on it at that time. Thank you, Mr. Matthews. Thank you. Thank you for coming. But are you are you going to need this like in two weeks? No, we just operate under the existing. Policy. Okay. And there aren't any huge material right. changes on this. Right. Right. Just through, um, updating all the legal documents that we have too. So this this became one of them. That we're, okay. We just wanted to get. Uh, to the all right. As as possible. All right. Thank you. The sooner the better. We'll yeah, have it absolutely. at the very next yeah. meeting. Yeah. All right. So thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, uh, next item is discussion and possible vote regarding the Yardley Rink. Dr. Cabral? So the Yardley Rink, you'll remember, is the uh, very nice facility outside of Center School. And we do have a request about that property, which uh, does fall under the school department, which honestly I wasn't aware of that at first. So I'm going to have, again, the Director of Operations, David Twombly, tell you a little bit about the rink, sure. but also what the request is, and then we have people here to speak to what that request is, and because it falls under the school department, it then falls under uh, the school committee. Thank you. Hey, Alicia did a pretty good job uh, explaining uh, what we're here for. Basically, uh, Ken Wood, who everybody knows, is kind of like Mr. Easton, he had come to me and uh, talked to me about the Yardley Rink as far as turning the operations of the rink over to the uh, Eastern Hockey Boosters, I believe, and we have Larry um, Larry Costello here from the Boosters Club to kind of talk about what their um, what their future uh, endeavors are with the ring. But Ken can tell you the history about the ring and how it was went from the school department to the rec department to the Lions Club, and now he's here to kind of turn over that process to the uh, Boosters. One of the things that we were concerned about is uh, obviously we have. Uh, potentially building a new school, mm -hmm. right? potentially either at Center School or Parkview or perhaps somewhere else. So we wanted to make sure that what, whatever you decide to do, if you decide mm -hmm. to allow this to continue or whatever, that the group that takes it over is aware that potentially in three years or four years that there may be something, things are going to change over mm -hmm. there. Uh, so we didn't really want them to invest a lot of money 
knowing that the school may be built on that property or something else. So okay. I'll turn it over to Ken. He'll kind of explain to, the, to you the history. And then uh, Larry can kind of uh, jump in with some of his comments. So, yeah. okay. right, just to kind of start uh, how this uh, all come about for this meeting was uh, I found out the Lions Club uh, didn't want to handle the Yachty uh, Drink any longer, mm -hmm. which I was a member of and been president and everything else. Uh, the other thing was I was part-time recreation director mm -hmm. in the town, and that's when uh, I had it redone after it had kind of gone down the tubes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I don't know if some of you have seen this. Yeah, it's very so interesting. Go into all yeah. the details, but here's a little history. It was the property right up here was even looked at at that mm -hmm. time, and that seemed to be the best uh, site for the property because it was a wet area that couldn't be used basically for anything else. It belonged to the school, but it was just overgrown. Okay. And the Corps of Engineers uh, group came in and uh, the, the CB's group mm -hmm. came in and donated their time and they dug it all out and everything past years. But when I found out recreation didn't want it and then the Lions Club really didn't want to handle it any longer, yeah. I, I was going through my mind, I said, my wife and I moved by and we saw the rink and we said, oh, it's coming, falling apart down It's always looks so nice. Yeah. So I said, well, it's kind of a no-brainer that the hockey group uh, would be a perfect group for it mm -hmm. down there because they could do some of their practice and down there the mm -hmm. evenings like they've done in the past. Yeah. And they want to do some programs, which I'll let them <clears throat> speak to you in regards okay. to down there. And uh, they will maintain it. We're, it's, we don't, uh, we're not getting into all the other activities that I used to run down there over yeah. the years. But as long as the property is kept up and, and everything else, the garden club's on board. Uh -huh. uh, to take care of the whole corner where they gardened it, okay. and the uh, Legion, which I'm in, and the uh, BFW are going to get new flags for the flagpole. Oh, I nice. have complaints about the flags of the yeah. flagpole being yeah. stranded, so yeah. uh, I'll make sure that those those are being taken care of. Okay. So uh, that that's why I okay. think it was kind of a no-brainer, and uh, they would like. I understand that they like to try it for a year. Yeah. That, that's understandable too, to see how it works with them. But uh, the Lions Club is leaving the equipment down there to, to, to uh, take care of it, including the uh, uh, portable toilet uh, unit and all okay. that stuff. So I'll turn it over to have. Yeah, have can I, I'm sorry, Mr. Custer. Could I, I interrupt for one second? I have a very, very important clarification. Okay. Uh, in the agenda, it says the Yardley Link, but it's like Yardley Wood. Wood Link. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's very important to acknowledge. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, good evening. So my name is Larry Costello, and I'm the OA Hockey Boosters President. I have four Hi. children in OA, so uh, I have a lot of interest in the OA, uh, the all grant in the school committee. So thank you for your uh, consideration tonight. Ken reached out to the boosters, letting us know a little bit about what he just described, and um, it seemed very uh, interesting to us because we have a lot of uh, people that have experience trying to keep property up and some hardware that has to be installed down there. So we thought it would be interesting to try to take a look at it for a year. Mm -hmm. uh, when we look at the property from an outside skating venue, it, it's pretty good. I mean, it's safe. It's maybe in its deepest location, maybe two feet. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, it, it doesn't have a high risk associated with it as far as that goes. Uh, we, we would try to uh, do a number of things. First of all, uh, attempt to do what they've done for a lot of years for about a year so that would be between around november 1st and march 1st and all we mean by that is we would upkeep the property as far as the look of it along with the garden club but we wouldn't 
be able to make a commitment beyond the hockey season because there's quite a bit involved there. Um, the, the hockey program is a program that's got quite a history here in town. I've been involved with it for about 10 years. Um, all four of my children play hockey. And so we um, would go down there, keep the property up, uh, ensure that it's um, safe, mm -hmm. and then ensure that if we're having an event, it's well attended, uh, both through lighting, uh, the facilities, including the restroom area. There is a, there is a fire pit down there, mm -hmm. so we, we should talk a little bit about that. And um, use it during the winter months. Now, mm -hmm. it only is functional during cold weather. Mm -hmm. So the average, and Ken and I talked a little bit about it, the average it's being used is around 12 to 20 times a year unless it's an extremely cold year. Okay. So we would be down there most of the time, but not all of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what the ramifications are if we're not there, so we should talk a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. But while we're there, we would ensure that while the lights are on and the facilities being attended to for an event, we're there to oversee it. Okay. Um, just one other comment about what the high school uh, would have, the, the high school hockey team would have involved is they, uh, the boys and the coach who I've reached out to, and I do know Bill very well as well, um, the coach was in favor of it, and the boys are as well, meaning they would go down and use the uh, area for some fundraising, which mm -hmm. will be enjoyable fundraising rather than try to try to hold a, an event mm -hmm. that's more of an adult event. And mm -hmm. the second thing is um, use that opportunity to teach some of the kids in town that might want to learn how to skate and mm -hmm. have some opportunities to enter that sport in a more uh, economically feasible way. Mm -hmm. It's a very expensive sport, so as high school probably knows. So we're always trying to make it uh, user-friendly for everybody, including the school community mm -hmm. and the school. Mm -hmm. um, I will be the president for the uh, boosters for one more year and then handing it off to someone. So my commitment will come to an end in mm -hmm. March. That doesn't mean someone will pick up the reins right. if it's right. successful afterwards, but that's what I'm committing to. So okay. it's a one-year kind of overview to see how it goes. I know that Ken and the group down there have put a lot of effort in a number of things. And I think when I look at what they've done, it's time for someone to step up and do something that is capable of doing something. Because they've got lots going on from what I understand. Um, so what would we do? We would we would make sure the property is kept up. Mm -hmm. We would make sure we're there for any events that are uh, official events. Um, we why why would we do it? Because we think it's it, it's it's a piece of property in the center of town that certainly would have an effect on a lot of people if it wasn't kept up. Geez, what if it happened to Yardley Wood Break? Mm -hmm. And I think it's other people's responsibility to carry on that tradition. Uh, who would be involved, the boosters and the, uh, the hockey program, uh, meaning the, um, the players and the boosters, who are very in tune with what, we, what our responsibilities are mm -hmm. regarding that program. Um, I gave you the time, November 1st to March 1st. Um, the other thing is we wouldn't make the investments. So there are some investments needed down there, and the boosters would make those investments. Do you have examples of what those are? Yes. Um, so we do need to do a little bit of TLC on the um, the uh, refreshment stand. Mm -hmm. So there's a nice little area there that, that needs a little paint and some things like that, a little bit of TLC. Um, there's also uh, some other areas within the, uh, the property that have to be upgraded a little bit. The restroom uh, is, is pretty uh, modern. It, it's a rental. 
they, they make sure that we'll make sure that it's monitored and cleaned and all that. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, one of those things you can lock up so nobody can gain access to mm -hmm. it when it's not being used. And then the other thing is we would probably install on one end of the ice, it's about a 90 by 80 foot area, we would install some boards. And the mm -hmm. boards are needed for something that's worth noting. The coach and some of the other uh, hockey people have indicated they might even try to hold a practice or two down there during a cold night with mm -hmm. the lights on to show people that there's a program going on. Now that's something that probably Bill will need to have some say in the coach, but we would offer that if it was uh, the weather was uh, permitting mm -hmm. and we made that investment, it would, it would help hold an event like a practice. The other thing to mention is the girls program would also be okay. involved with that. Um, now, the girls program, as you know, is also involving Foxborough and Mansfield, so just as an FYI. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not suggesting we've talked to the Mansfield and Foxborough people. I've only reached out to the coach mm -hmm. to let them know that if OA boys team is using the ice, the OA girls team, which shares a team, would also be allowed to use mm -hmm. the ice, so everybody's clear on that. Okay. And we would make sure that it was an equal opportunity kind of thing as far as time and all that. Okay. Uh, let's see, the last thing would be uh, the middle school would be involved. So just so you're aware, uh, the middle school program is also funded independently by the hockey families. And they would be involved, and it's rather important they be involved because I do see, as I hand off the program at the end of this year with a lot of hardworking people, the program may not last forever because mm -hmm. of, well, as I said, the cost structure. So the middle school program is rather critical for the success of the high school yeah. program. We've always had a nice little uh, relationship between everybody, but when I hand it off, it'll be other people's responsibility to carry that on, so we want the middle school to feel like they're part of something. Sure. So they would be involved in this as far as the approval process goes. Um, I want to thank Ken for uh, making me aware of these, this opportunity, and other than that, I appreciate your consideration, and I'm certainly here to answer any questions I can answer. Great. Thank, thank you very much. Um, I do have a couple of questions, and then whoever wants to chime in. Um, First of all, thank you for all you've done for our community over the years. We really appreciate it. And, of course, the yeah, line's been good to us, so yeah. we're, we're, we're giving back. Um, all right, so I have some kind of basic questions. So the land is school-owned, correct? It is part of, it's considered part of the school department program. Part of the school department, okay. Was there any ever anything in writing between the school department and the Lions Club or the rec department about usage of the property or anything like that or was it all just kind of a well, handshake when, type of thing? When, when, they, when it was looked into back yeah. in the 60s, they looked at the property like I mentioned to you out here uh -huh. and they, they chose with a lot of, it went on for a year Okay. and they picked that particular facility, facility down there and it was voted on between the selectmen and the school committee okay. to uh, put the facility in there. Okay. So in, 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 in shock uh, things, you know. And so the the Lions Club has been paying for the operation and maintenance of it since that time. Well, well not totally. We're, we're, it was when I was recreation director, we had it for quite a few years. Okay. And what happens is wherever Ken Wood goes, that's where the rink goes. <laughs> yeah. The rink went. I joined the, the Lions Club, and, and it came into the Lions. Okay. That's how the Lions Club ended up with their lap. Actually, that yeah, after the recreation department decided. But the rink was originally, by the way, I'm Nancy Sullivan. Hi. Right? Um, worked here for a while. <laughs> Former assistant superintendent. Yes. Retired in 2007, I can't believe it. Um, anyway, back in the, the 60s, there was a tragedy. And uh, we had a, it's about mm -hmm. the 
younger on town fell through the ice and subsequently passed away. So that, that the town is looking for a place to have a safe mm -hmm. um, place for kids to skate, learn to skate, and uh, families to enjoy skating. So the um, King Lion at that time was Arthur Yard. Mm -hmm. And he had connections with the CBs in the Fall River. And uh, he was able to get them to come up and dig that out once mm -hmm. it was decided where it was going to go. Mm -hmm. um, so he got them to come up and do all the engineering work, and mm -hmm. so there was no cost to the town mm -hmm. in terms of that. And there was a liner put in, and um, basically it was just a rink. Mm -hmm. there, were, there were no other facilities with it. The Lions uh, put in the concession stand, the benches, the sheds, the we mm -hmm. built it up, mm -hmm. um, and then the recreation department took it over at one point because Ken was so good about doing that, and um, the town wanted to have more input. Um, it then the, the, when Ken left that, then the town we discussed taking it back. Mm -hmm. and it was a line project again, and it has been right about how many years now. Okay. Yeah. But um, the. Um, the uh, maintenance and upkeep of that property is, uh, it's, it's just, you need people to consistently be there and work. Right. Uh, the rink was relined in, when was the year that was relined? It was relined with the liner that was destroyed when the first landfill liner was destroyed. Uh -huh. They took pieces of that uh, and redid the rink with it. The, rink, yeah. the company that did it, as they were leaving town, said, we'll go down to the Yardywood Rink and fix it, but keep your equipment off of it. <laughs> so they did all the work uh -huh. on the rink, with, uh, and they put the liner in for us. Okay. And that was when I was, Bell Moscato and I were involved in recreation. And uh, that and that's, the liner is still in there now. It's a 40 mil liner in there, underneath the sand. Is there, and it's still in good shape, or does it, how often do you usually replace the liners? Well, you don't really need to unless it gets perforated. You know, it's it's otherwise it's under it's not in the sunlight, it's under the soil. So it what, doesn't get broke down. Now what's happened over the years is that things have well, it's like a swimming pool, you know, yeah. they haven't cleaned out all the time. Well right. over the years this the soil has built up in the bottom, that's why you have grass and yeah. whatever, and it's very hard to mow that grass because it's always damp uh -huh. But we do we have done that. Okay. And that's all been volunteer to yeah. do that. And um uh, Ken has been very good about uh, being entrepreneurial for the club and the town and mm -hmm. sold um, advertising on benches. Oh, okay. And helped yeah. keep it up. But originally, the town provided the water and the lighting, and mm -hmm. over the years, that has all come right. to mind. So the upkeep is about just for the, the water and the lighting. It's about 1500 a year now. Okay. So um, there is need to. Address that. Yeah. Or the going to do. Is there? In, do you have an insurance policy covering the rink? How does the insurance work? Well, the town has a liability policy. It's covered under the town's policy. Is that, because it's a town, that, town property. I'm sure of that. Okay. That would be probably nothing. <clears throat> Some sort of agreement with the booster, there might be some one of the requirements, so much, you know, whether it's to look into it, whether the town has the insurance, or whether the boosters have to carry that insurance. Yeah, that's a big, that's so I, I think, yeah, that is a big issue. I think we need to.
find that out too. Um, did Can you I go? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. About, yeah. Um, the liner, because I sat on the rec committee several years ago, and I think it might have been you that came to us to talk about the liner needed to be repaired, and it was very costly. And I think at that point we asked that you had gone to any of the local town committees and you hadn't gotten that far. But it was a quite hefty bill. Um, has yeah. that well, been repaired? It was, uh, less than the line's because yeah. it wasn't in I know it wasn't you, Ken. I think it was the conservation commission. And, um, uh, I was writing a grant for CPA uh, money mm -hmm. because it, it does qualify. The reef does right. qualify for that money. And the, um, the project would have been to um, not only repair and damage to the liner to clean, clean out that whole bottom, make sure the drainage system was working. Mm -hmm. it, it is working because somebody pulled the plug on it last year. <laughs> we had to refill the whole thing. Um, the, uh, and to improve the lighting, to um, in, improve the um, concession stand. There's no water in that concession stand. So it's very hard to run the concession stand with, without right, water. But if you have water, then you need storage. And hooking into sure. the um, existing um, septic system would be mm -hmm. required to do that. Um, also to improve the area directly around the ring so that uh, like a little boardwalk kind of thing where you could, the kids could get in off and on the ice a lot mm -hmm. easier, more easily, excuse me. The, um, the hockey group and the kids from the hockey team do go down there at night and play and uh, practice. Um, and, and they're very, very good about it. They have to clear off any snow that's on it. Mm -hmm. One of our, our um, challenges is to get um, contractors in town who have equipment to plow that mm -hmm. be willing to go on that ice <laughs> and plow. We have had some uh, problems with that, yeah. but uh, they, we have had volunteers do that work. And um, we have volunteers in the summer that do the, the grass okay. grow, those kinds of things. So I don't know if I'm just telling you too much information. You, or you Jane, need, did you have a couple of Well, so it kind of feels like things have just evolved a little bit and from my perspective if the school committee is going to assume any kind of response or the school department is going to assume any kind of responsibility I need it I feel like from my comfort level I need it to be much clearer yeah. about you know what exactly has to happen between November 1st and March 1st what happens between March 1st then and November 1st who is responsible um, what is the liability um, you talked about, you know, I guess you talked about, one of the things you talked about is if the boosters or the hockey program is doing anything, official event down there, you'll make sure it's staffed or whatever. But what about otherwise? Mm -hmm. People just get to go and use it whenever they, I know that's how it's always been. I just want to make sure we are absolutely covered and clear. And, I hate to throw this out. I don't know how we could incur more any expense associated with right. this. I mean, we cut things from our budget yeah. last year. So if now we're talking about having to add things in to support this, that that makes me uneasy. And it, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that we wouldn't. It just this all feels very unknown to me right now. So that's my mm -hmm. two cents. Sure, Mr. Yeah, I like what I like. Uh, 
Nancy brought up some issues there, but the rink, basically, uh, like we talked with the abuses, uh, with just minor repairs can be done. Okay. The liner, is, to my knowledge, is not broken. It's got, mm -hmm. it's got grass growing on it. But we do a cutting mm -hmm. just before the fall, and then we try to manage it by letting, uh, shutting it down. You have mm -hmm. to use a little... It, I've run the rink on a real shoestring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to have ways of thinking about how to do it. Right. right. The benches that are down there, the sponsors make their own, have their own signs put yeah. on them. They give you $100 a person. There's 15 of them there. That brings you near $1,500. Right. That's how I pay my electricity and my uh, water. Uh -huh. You've got, you've, got to, you've got to think this way. This is how I always ran the yeah. room when I was recreation yeah. because we didn't have the money in recreation. Right, room. right. The other thing is the buildings. We've had volunteers come down and yeah. do the painting on the buildings that you see. The colors that are down there now, those were the people that came in and did that from the Lions Cup and all. The, uh, as far as the lighting, there's a brand new light up there now. The mm -hmm. old lights are out because the, the, the light that's up on the pole now, mm -hmm. you'll see one up there. Okay. There's another one in the shed that can go on another pole. I donated all those years ago. The other one didn't get back up Yeah. yet. The uh, water is the, is the biggest expense down there, mm -hmm. more than the electricity. As far as the, the, you're putting your all kinds of sewerage and stuff in the shed, the, you know, the shed out back here, mm -hmm. that's like a refreshment stand. You don't have to get into all of that kind of stuff. But, I mean, that's a thing to dream <laughs> down, down the pipe as yeah. far as I'm concerned. The whole idea is to get the rink open right. for people, for safety, for the town. And it, it, like he was talking, but it's, only, it's between 12 and 18 inches deep at the top. So, the most that would happen if you fall through is your pride gets hurt because you're wet. <laughs> now, let me, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I just, the, um, the uh, water main that you always had somebody down there when the rink was open for use. Yeah. So that's, that's also a concern, too, is are people going to go use it when there's no one there? You know, would, they do. Just have to, the kids, the, yeah. the uh, high school kids, actually, even when it's closed and it's marked closed, and, right. and they, will, <laughs> they will get over those fences right. and obstructions and get in there. That's why we really need to, before we, I think before we make any decision, we really need to kind of flush out what the insurance has been and what it would need to be. And because um, obviously, you know, we have to make sure the school department is protected and our kids are protected and anyone that goes to the rink is protected. So, well, well the, yeah. the Lions feel that, that liability. We've tried very hard to cover those spaces yeah. over the years and certainly we can run it. Right, I'm sure. And, um, and now it's become just. There were just circumstances that it's become more right. difficult for the club. Right. It's not that we don't want to support it. No, I we would be we understand you know, that. willing to continue to do that. <clears throat> some of that mm -hmm. in the background. Okay. Um, 
it's kind of, it's very sad, I have to tell you, with the club because it has been a brand. Yeah. It's like the Lions Project mm -hmm. started. That was that first big project right. for town. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we do would like to, I think, keep a okay. finger on it somehow. Um, but we do, uh, we're so happy that yeah. the boosters want to supervise the kids and mm -hmm. have them use the rink. Did you have something? I haven't yeah. said anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep looking that way. No, I, I, my very first thought was about insurance, and, and honestly, I'm going to say this because I have a grave concern. The words that keep popping into my head are attractive nuisance. I mean, I just think that unless we know there is insurance in place, I mean, I think that, yes, it's school property, and we do have an umbrella policy, but this sounds like the kind of thing that where you'd need a policy that was a specific attachment yeah. to the policy, you know, to the overall policy because I'm actually just, my heart's racing just thinking of what you have already done to coordinate this incredibly, really complex yeah. opportunity for the entire community. And I'm thinking now about the, I mean, it's wonderful that the boosters have stepped up, but it really is only for a partial year. And I will tell you, I'm with Jane here. I mean, we can't fund really significant academic programs right now. We can't even consider saying, well, we'll just, whatever expenses are involved, we'll just absorb them. I mean, I know everybody looks to the schools like the banks, that's where the money are, is not really, you know, not really, because we're already. <laughs> well, seriously, you know, I mean, I always like to point out that we probably provide about 85% of the direct services in this town, but we get about 50% of the budget. But, um, you know, that's, it's just not possible for us to take on an additional financial liability. And also, it is on school property, so I really want to know what that insurance is now and what is proposed for the future. It's always been a community service project for right. the Lions. Yeah. And um, it's always been a, a matter of pride that we, we have supported that mm -hmm. in the town. Um, the costs, again, are about 1500 a year. And um, I think the Lions would continue to support but that. But I don't mean to interrupt, Nancy. To me, that the 1500 is is probably doable even with fundraising. Right. The right. problem is you've had the people. That's right. You've right. had, I mean, there's no way we could dedicate school staff, right. any kind of staff, to, to the supervision and oversight of a project like that. So really what the Lions has provided, very much to their credit and very much to the benefit of the community, have been the people. I mean, that's so much more than the money. So that's what concerns me. Sure, yes. Uh, right up front with you, uh, since when I was recreation director and before that, mm -hmm. the rink has never been manned at all times. Okay. Yeah. Only during events. Okay. If, if a lot of you had your children in school, when I was director down there, mm -hmm. the schools would come in for a skating party night. Another school would come in for a skating party okay. night. We have the yeah. family fun day. Yeah. We have the canoeing day, but those but just to stay with the skating bot. But nights, the light comes on, yeah. and then the lights will automatically go off at 10 o'clock. I see. Okay. When I was down there, uh, we, the problem always is trying to reach the surface lights. <coughs> Lee Anderson from the fire department years ago, he and I would be down there at 2 o'clock in the morning <laughs> to research them. But what we would do is ask the kids, about quarter of 10, mm -hmm. would they be willing to scrape the ice down for us? 
and they take all the shovels and with their skates and they yeah. clean that whole rink off. I'm, yeah. I'm sure a lot of you have seen them do that yeah. in, the, in the past. So that's that's how the rink has been run, okay. but it hasn't been manned okay. all the time. Okay. Yes, once in a while, there's some people that go in there, and it's not usually Eastern people. Right. It's people from other towns okay. that come in. Okay. They'll go out there at night after the lights are shut off. Yeah. And the cruisers oh, have gone by and yeah. asked them to leave. Yeah. Because okay. we've got a couple, of, I put a sign up there with the original camera there. Right. It says surveillance. Yeah. And one night I had the microphone. You're trying, uh, Elise. That's a good uh, effort. As crazy as it is, I had the microphone and I left the sound system on because I knew it was going to happen. And I'm sitting out in my car. Oh my gosh. Uh, can I have your attention? I'm <laughs> 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 watching you from that monitor. Oh, one kid's my walking gosh. back and forth looking for those cameras. That is know? so but, funny. And, and we didn't have any more trouble ever since. No. That's very good, but, yeah. But we do have people that are going there. You, you just can't. Even all these years, right. the 40 years that I've been involved with it, we've never had people all the time. Okay. People have gone in there for free skating in the afternoon when the kids get out of school with the parents. Yeah. and. That okay. stuff, we leave the stuff out and then we put the stuff away. That's okay. that's the thing, making sure the equipment gets put away. Okay, too. Jackie, that's right. I never, I never uh, expected that you always had people there. I mean, that was not my concern. When I said you provided the people, I'm talking about the people who put the equipment away, who brought it back out, who set up the events, who did all of those things and swung by or sat in their cars and made fake announcements and things like that. But those are the people I'm talking about. I mean, you, you, the Lions, and then you yourself, as both as recreation commissioning as just as all town super volunteer. Um, you know, you've put in so many hours, and those are hours we don't have anybody to give. And I'm sure the hockey boosters do have people that will volunteer from, Mar you know, that November to March period, maybe not to the degree that the Lions Club folks did, but then after that, this is what I'm concerned about, is after March, you know. So, so what are you suggesting at this point? Um, so what I'm thinking, and please chime in, is that we, we get information on the insurance, um, and then um, kind of go from there and see what we Have you reached out to DPW? I don't know why that just jumped into my head. Have you talked to anybody from DPW about, I, I don't know if this is a conversation we should be having with the town as well as us. I don't know. The problem is it's on school property. I know. And we have central maintenance. Yeah. And we have costs that are allocated to work right. that's done on school property. Right. So I'm not even sure that that would necessarily okay. be helpful. I mean, I, I shouldn't speculate. There's no harm asking. I'm just not always optimistic about finding other sources of, you know, well, human power. You know, just started to say manpower, but I'm trying to find a <laughs> staff power or something. A gender neutral term. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I, I have worked with the Department of, of Public Works mm -hmm. in many situations. Sure. And they've come down, and the water department's come down because of water problems, and it's been no problem. But if we've had trees or any of that stuff, that's been the, the kind of a thing we've I've had concerns with. Okay. The tree department has come down and removed the bad trees and, okay. and that stuff on the property. We've never asked them to do, as you know, these guys are doing all the grass in town. Yeah. Uh, a red house straight between yeah. the school oh, grounds yeah. and all the yeah. fields and everything else. Yeah. So that's why we've got the mowers down there, and we've always done it ourselves down there between recreation and, and uh, the uh, Lions Club. Okay. So that's that's my big concern right, right. now yeah. because it, it's all of a sudden 
it isn't mowed down and everything, then we're going to lose it this winter. He's got half people. That's why we were trying to get them in. Yeah, absolutely. Move forward on that yeah. to start mowing and stuff. Uh, to, because if the grasses grow up, you're going to okay. lose it this winter. And they're not even going to be able to do it. Okay. And it's it's already it's over all grown now. Yeah. But we're, we're waiting to hear from your decision, and that's on that okay. part of it. Sure, go ahead. The fifteen hundred dollars that doesn't include water, right? The fire department's been doing that. No, no. Mm -hmm. we this is meter in the ground. Yeah, they pay for water. We said that's water. We had to pay for when the kids pulled plugs last year. <laughs> David, Sorry. David, right. I want to just mention David how you know put the money out to mm -hmm. have it read. Right. Okay. Sure, David. <laughs> so I think my opinion. Yes. Uh, let me look into the insurance part because yeah. either it's on our insurance currently, which I'll have to look into that, mm -hmm. or if it's not, then obviously someone's going to have to insure it because yeah. it's going to be above the fifteen hundred dollars that they use for utilities. Oh yeah. So I think that's the key part right now yeah. is to find out the insurance. Find out whether we have it on our insurance policy or whether whoever's going to take it over is going to need to get insurance, which I can then let Larry know if that's the case. Mm -hmm. Larry could kind of pursue that and see how much it would actually cost to get insured. Right. Um, and then we would come back to you and let you know whether it's insured, and then there might be you might have to write some sort of one-page contract. I would also check with Sarah Bellino uh, on that. The other thing is I think there might be a lot, again, I gotta look into this with the uh, legal team. I think there may be a lot that if you're not charging, I know like with gymnasiums and stuff, if somebody comes in to use the gym and they get hurt, but you're not charging them for the gym, then they use it at their own peril. Whereas if you charge somebody, then you have you have some sort of liability there. So I'd also have to look into that with Sarah Marina. I don't know all the laws on this thing. It's kind of complicated. Um, if you want me to do that, I can do that. Yeah. And, and the other piece that I'd like kind yeah. of spelled out more clearly for me because I kind of have a really good sense of what we're talking about but really I want to know okay so starting November 1st through March 1st these are all the things that need to happen to keep that rink working and I want to know who's going to be doing them and where those resources are coming from and then from March 1st which is when you're done March 2nd through um, October 31st it's the same thing. What are the kinds of things that need to happen to keep keep that space? Um, because as you said, if there's maintenance that needs to be going on, even when the rink isn't being used, right. you know, if the if the boosters are, are done, then we don't we need to figure out who who's would be doing do it. That. Like who's going to go in and mow now? <clears throat> yeah. It's actually eight months. It's really the boosters are talking about four months right. out, of, out of the year. Right. So that's tricky. Yeah. Until about five years ago, the lines funded had a Committee that was very consistent in uh -huh. taking care of being founded, yeah. everything about it, including Ken. Yeah. Um, but over time, you know, things change. Of course. Lives change, right. whatever. So it's been more difficult right. to keep that consistency. Sure. I, I think we almost have two different issues here. We have the issue of the Lions Club relinquishing control of the area which is something I think we need to sort of figure out as a school department first. Yeah. And then, do we have insurance? Are we even right. covered? Are we allowed to have people use it? If we do have people use it, how do we allow them to use right. it? Who's going to maintain it? Mm -hmm. And then at that point say, okay, we are allowed to let people use it. The, the hockey group is now looking to come and use it. I'm, I'm very thankful that they're interested right. because that is the time where the pond is frozen and the most attractive right. for people to go in there. Um, but the grass isn't growing in 
March. <laughs> and, and I am thinking about resources. Uh, I can't have teachers out there mowing the lawn. I can't have David. I can't really even have the custodians doing that. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, how can we make sure that this beautiful tradition and property is maintained in the way that it deserves to be maintained? Because it is very sad to think that it wouldn't be used. It's one of the really attractive things about mm -hmm. Easton are all the traditions and the, the wonderful community um, events and facilities that Easton has. So you right. hate to see one of them go away. Right. But I think maybe it, we do the information finding in that progression because we, we do have a lot of information to find out. Yeah. And I think trying to do all of it at once might be a lot. I think first David is going to yeah. First and foremost, find out about the insurance. What is our responsibility? It hasn't been covered for all of those hours at all times, but have we been super lucky? Mm -hmm. Right. And maybe maybe we should have had some sort of, you know, I know even with facilities, we get the Maya and OSHA reports mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Do you have this posting? Do you have this level right. of fence? Right. Do you have this kind of covering? Do you have this posted? And I just want to make sure that we are doing that properly. Yeah. So if we can get that tightened up, then we can perhaps offer a quality facility to a worthy organization like the Boosters mm -hmm. who would be interested in using it. I know we're in a time-sensitive area, and, and I'm sure David will get right on it, but I think in terms of finding out the information, that's probably the best order to go into mm -hmm. so that we're even giving accurate information to Mr. Costello. Right. He's right. obviously putting a lot of his own time into this right. and, and has already clearly done a lot of research right. and, and, and talked to a lot of people, and we just want to make sure we're offering we're rightfully offering him something mm -hmm. um, that doesn't put him or his organization in peril either, right, right. which is which is very important. Okay. okay. Does that make sense? Sure. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I've got a company that uh, there is finances available for with things that might be there is that need to be insurance coverage on. Okay. I'm sure that okay. that, that uh, party would, would handle that part of it. Thank you. You can't look up all the time. Okay. So. Okay. All right. You've made a, you came to me and said no, oh. uh, you don't want to see the ring. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Um, okay. So why don't we? All on you, David. Thank you. I thank you very much for coming in. We really appreciate it, and um, we'll kind of get the information, and we'll be in touch about where to go from here. I, I, I just have sure. I'd like to add as a point of clarification, and that is like what we're looking at is a collaborative effort in the town, number one, and to have a community facility. And also a facility, a sports right. facility for the schools. Mm -hmm. So all of that has to be tied together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In those, I don't know what they call them, categories. Or, yeah. Now, I, I think our next meeting is September 20th. Do you want to have Lynn already have this As pocketed for the agenda? Yeah. I sure. Know that even if we don't have an answer at that time, we can do a comprehensive update of what information we have at that, that time. That would be great. And that way, if, if they would like to attend, they can yep. Yep. plan accordingly yep. since it's a month away. That would be great. Thank you. Then you don't have to skip a meeting. That would just make it longer. <laughs> <laughs> can I just make one comment that I yes. was thinking about when we were talking about these important items? Um, Ken, if the rink is not filled with water by anybody, whether it's the Lions or someone else, is it scalable? Can it, can it be skated on without the filling of the water? No, you'd have to fill it with water. Okay, so the liability goes away if someone doesn't fill it with water because you can't skate on it. Is that correct? Well, the other thing, too, is that uh, we have very dedicated lions who, in the middle of the night, on, the, on their way home, <laughs> and very dedicated. Or whatever. 
stop and hook up the fire hose to the fire hydrant and give it a new surfacing. So that's another thing. Ready? Okay, David, set your watch. That was kind of my point, though, about yeah. the staff, the people. I know it's really been an incredible community, a community place to go, and the effort that's gone into it has just been incredible. So sure. we thank you for everything that you've yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I have memories of that with my kids on with those um, boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know one of the ladies in our office, she was looking for something for her son during February vacation. I said, well, bring him down to Napoli Rink and let him skate around. Yeah. She went down there and she sat in the car and kept it out warm and he was on the skate for Yeah. And he came back in, so. It's a great resource. It is. Then every year you bring, we bring the fire department in. And they put a demonstration on uh, saving on the ice. They oh. actually do it right there. They come in with the trucks and the net. Wow. And they throw up the lines and yeah. they have the people all in the, in the suits. And no kidding. All, all the stuff for the kids. Oh, and kids must love that. And hats and yeah. all that stuff. Fire department's been really good. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it really is a community. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, David. Thanks, David. Um, next item, discussion of fiscal year 18 budget closeout. Marilyn Gorder. Gordon. Who? To review the closeout of FY18 with you. Do you have a handout of this? Hello. Um, so this is our new thing where we periodically do these reports. And um, I apologize that the format has every time I bring it, it changes slightly um, because of, we've been trying to tweak it. And there are hundreds of lines in the budget, and I think it's overwhelming <coughs> to look at every single one. Um, but we are working, um, she's in her induction program, and we're working with um, one of her superintendent colleagues to um, and we're looking at how other districts do this oh great to try to get a feel for what great. The, what are some of the standards best practices yeah or whatever what yeah the format could definitely change the yeah. next time you see it <laughs> right. because we're taking the best from other districts that's great some consultation from others on what other school committees prefer mm -hmm. and what's helpful information and so you'll see right. lots of iterations but so this is the current one okay thank you so I want to give you enough information but not too much people. yeah mm -hmm. So I just um, obviously didn't keep every line that said, yeah, you know, this line had $25 left and this yeah. one was, you know, $3 over. So yeah. I just kind of gave you the highlights here. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you wanted to, if you wanted to just no. ask questions or maybe go down. No. No, I think, I think you can see certain categories. Yeah. For yeah. example, staffing, you can see that there were uh, transitions. There was yeah. a turnover. turnover Typically means a retirement, it could yeah. be a resignation, and when somebody at a higher um, right. salary resigns and you fill it with someone who's newer to the profession, it may result in money that's left over that, mm -hmm. of course, we weren't aware of at the beginning of the year. Um, there were some positions that were not filled. We couldn't find qualified candidates, mm -hmm. and maybe a substitute was in for the, for the rest of the year. And then also things like... Unemployment, transportation, utilities—they're all estimates, mm -hmm. and Marilyn does a phenomenal job at estimating. Right. In fact, if you consider how much we ultimately spend right. to have these figures in the tens of thousands, for example, yeah. um, left over, mm -hmm. it's extraordinary. Mm -hmm. But it does happen, and so we just wanted to um, reflect that. Mm -hmm. There were also some costs, for mm -hmm. example, uh, you know that we. 
purchased uh, a new math program. Mm -hmm. We purchased a health program. So that was something that's right, reflected right. here that we decided that was very important for use of the savings. Um, we had out-of-district tuitions. We had uh, it's, uh, technology mm -hmm. that needed to be purchased. Mm -hmm. um, so you can see... Yep. Some of the, the those are those are the, the facility things which I did bring my right. some of the things we did like upgrade the phone system here mm -hmm. middle school. We bought some new snow blowers. Um, we had some asbestos abatement. Asbestos. Right. Obviously, yeah. those right. things are very asbestos timely, and, and you have to do that right away. Of course. Right. So we had that happen right at the end of the school year. Took mm -hmm. care of that immediately. So. Those are the kinds of things that come and go and right. have an effect on the budget. And so you see the bottom line is yeah. that uh, we have a very, very small amount in a $41 million budget that is uh, being returned to the town. Right, right. Again, that's a great credit to the planning Absolutely. Um, that Marilyn and the team does in terms of estimating what um, is going to be spent every year. Mm -hmm. And if there are any major differences or any um, adjustments that were made, you see that they're reflected on this sheet. Mm -hmm. yep. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much. Does anyone have any questions for Ms. Gordon? Thank you, Marilyn. Um, next item, discussion of superintendent evaluation process. So this is something that we've been discussing in a couple of meetings. Um, so Dr. Cabral, you want to okay. uh, Yes, I'll sort of bring the massive audience up to date on <laughs> where we're at in this process. Last year, we we're fresh out of the gate, and so just kind of started the year and hadn't had this conversation. And so uh, I based, I um, presented you with my goals, the school committee accepted my goals, and then I worked all year on those goals, as well as the four major areas of the superintendent rubric. Mm -hmm. And then reported out to you my progress, uh, my self-reported progress on the four major areas in basically every indicator, because what we have realized collectively um, throughout the course of the year is that the school committee typically chooses the areas of focus for a superintendent, not only for their goals, but the ones that they want to um, use for the evaluation at the end of the school year. So at our last meeting, we discussed areas that the school committee uh, thought were important to focus on. Those included under standard one, instructional leadership, mm -hmm. the curriculum indicator with standards-based unit design and lesson development support. Standard B, the instructional indicator, was instructional practices in diverse learners' needs, including diverse uh, advanced learners. And under Standard 2 was under human resources man management and development indicator, we talked about things like staff diversity, um, success plans, um, exit interviews, things that we've started, uh, different ways we're recruiting, um, different ways we're reaching out to um, potential employees. Also the fiscal systems indicator, in standard three, it was the family concerns indicator, and in standard four, the continuous learning indicator. So since we last met, we had our management conference, and what one of the things that we did was work on the new strategic plan, uh, the, the first section of the strategic plan, including the vision and the, the core values, mm -hmm. and one of the exercises we went through was taking into account the areas that we felt we needed to focus on as a district. So we used the entry findings report that I completed and presented publicly, which is also posted online now as well for the public. We talked about um, 
there were a few activities we had done as a cabinet team mm -hmm. um, talking about current initiatives and we did, did needs assessment so we used that information and then we also used this information I presented what the school committee felt was were areas uh, that were very important after reading the findings and um, we took all of that into consideration when we were creating the vision to reflect the things that we were looking to work on in the next five years mm -hmm. and the core values and so that's what's been done so far and now um, as a committee if you have um, any changes you would like me to make that to this before I draft my goals um, what I would do is the next step is I would create my goals I would present them to the school committee and you would adjust modify make recommendations um, and hopefully ultimately accept and then let me know which indicators you want me to be directly responsible for on the evaluation itself. What are the ones you're going to focus on? And my only comment on that is, is because I don't know, you know, in terms of where you are with the leadership team and the strategic plan, if as you're developing our strategic plan, which I know we'll get to comment on mm -hmm. and hear about, if the, your goals really need to be aligned with that strategic plan, from my perspective Correct. anyway, obviously. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to be open to adjusting what we've highlighted if it doesn't seem like what we've highlighted really aligns with what ends up being the strategic well, plan. Well, what you've highlighted already, the yeah. preliminary work, yeah. was incorporated into our strategic okay. plan. So unless something really is very right. significant change, right. of course we'll revisit it and make sure that it's incorporated in the plan, which is still in the draft right. stages. Okay. I, I, I guess I just want to make sure that I'm, that that strategic plan is getting built from the bottom up. You know, that it's, Well, both. Right. Okay. Both. Okay. Because it's very important that the school committee right. gives their oh. input as well. Yeah. Anyone else have any questions or comments for Dr. Cabral? I like the vision statement you ended up with. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, yes, and anyone that's ever written a vision statement knows <laughs> that it's a small statement, but the wordsmithing can be mm -hmm. exhaustive. I was extremely proud of the team. Um, we had, of course, a posted segment where the school committee joined us and we talked about the vision, and uh, I think that it really accurately captures all of the things that I just discussed. Mm -hmm. um, it isn't so all-encompassing that it's not targeted. Right. However, it really, I think, reflects exactly what are those things that Easton in particular is really focused on achieving in the next five years. I think it's an improvement over our last mm -hmm. uh, vision Agreed. statement. And so, um, if, if I can read it. Sure, absolutely. Briefly, it says, the vision of the Easton Public Schools is to provide a relevant, rigorous learning experience in a safe, supportive, and inclusive environment which empowers students and educators to embrace curiosity, think critically, develop positive relationships, and exhibit resilience. The reason it takes so long to sort of wordsmith that is because it provides really phenomenal opportunities to have some deep conversations about things like what is relevant in education. What is a rigorous learning experience? Um, are we providing a safe, supportive, inclusive environment for all of our students? And what does that mean physically, emotionally? Um, are we truly empowering all of our students and educators? Are we 
encouraging them to embrace curiosity and think critically and develop positive relationships. And what are those positive relationships? Do they exhibit resilience? And how we know they exhibit resilience? What are we seeing as evidence of that? So these are all areas that we wish to focus upon with the staff. As you know, the, the um, principals are going to be creating their goals, and then the staff will be doing theirs in the fall. Okay. And all of them are coming from mm -hmm. this. So it's going to create some really robust conversations yeah. with the staff as well. And it's, it's something we can refer to. Mm -hmm. It's brief enough. It mm -hmm. will be posted prominently. Mm -hmm. We'll discuss it. But it's an opportunity when you see um, someone struggling to say, are we making sure that that child is developing positive relationships? When you're um, you know, having um, a situation with a student, you can say, well, is this an opportunity to exhibit resilience? Yeah. Um, and it's good for conversations with teachers, with parents, with the students themselves. We also want to be familiar with this vision statement, so we feel good about it, but it doesn't mean that it's perfect, and if you have any feedback or suggestions, we absolutely want to hear it. Okay. Is something you want to say, Kathy? I guess it's just, um, I, moved. I just have one area that I want to ask the rest of the committee about. <coughs> I love, think critically, develop positive relationships, and exhibit resilience. I love the notion of curiosity, but I don't know how you embrace curiosity. That seems, I don't know, not quite like those two words fit together. That's what I'm wondering. Okay. Well, this is what, this is a good opportunity for a discussion about yeah. it because this is one of those areas where we threw around the term lifelong learning an awful lot and felt that while we want to make sure our students, our teachers, our parents, understand that learning never ends. And you're always a learner, whether you're an adult, whether you're an administrator, whether you're on the school committee, or whether you're a student. You never learn everything, especially in today's world. We didn't want, however, to have the, what's sort of becoming, as you speak, of, um, of that phrase, of right. being a lifelong learner. Yeah. And what does that mean to a child? So we, we talked about it an awful lot, and we felt like, well, what does it mean to be a lifelong learner? And what we came up with was if you are, if you are embracing or encouraging and then taking on curiosity, that makes you want to learn. If you're constantly curious about the world around you, if you're curious about how things work, if you're curious about why somebody's acting a certain way, that will make you a lifelong learner. So we don't want them to... Uh, be a lifelong learner because somebody's telling them you should always be learning. We thought if we could stimulate curiosity in a way that they embrace it, in, our, in, in other words, looking for it themselves, mm -hmm. that it would create lifelong learners. I, that, I, that was the I conversation love that phrase because well, to me that means... It's not curiosity that I'm objecting, oh, objecting it's to. The embrace it's the word. two together. Embrace curiosity just seems like an odd combination. Curiosity, I'm totally on board with. In fact, I was trying to think of a way to keep curiosity in there. You already have exhibit resilience, so exhibit curiosity would kind of be, you know, but another way. But to me, way. embrace curiosity means to be encouraging of a child. Like, if somebody's, if a child's curious about something, not to be like, oh, I'll give you the we answer. Like but just to kind of push that curiosity and, and encourage it. I'm talking about the sort word. of a, a it's little the word. bit of a, of a grammatical, it's, yeah. It's sort of like you want to embrace a child's demonstration of curiosity, or you want to encourage a child's demonstration of, of curiosity. I'm not saying we don't want to embrace curiosity. Mm -hmm. It's just that embrace doesn't really... Okay, 
I'm going to defer to the judgment of the larger group. But I'm telling you, as an obsessive grammarian, I don't think those two words go together. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> so. Well, I, I actually I share that feedback. Perhaps somebody can think of I can't think of a better, that's that's my problem, is I'm always, right. I'm, I'm what's the better of, way to I, say I, it? Right, I can't think of a better and way to say it. Now you see what I'm talking about wordsmithing. Yeah. This, this, this is a process, though, mm -hmm. and it's more about the process than the actual final word. We had some phenomenal conversations about that exact thing. Like, we just had the conversation about curiosity. That's the conversation I want teachers having with students. Mm -hmm. That's the conversation I want our administrators having with teachers. So while I was the class grammarian in my eighth grade class and I was an English teacher for 20 years, I'm actually almost okay if it's not the perfect word, if it makes people talk about it in the way we just talked about it. But I will revisit it, of course, because we may have somebody that can think of a word that maybe needs something a little bit different. I don't think it needs to be perfect. I like that it's not perfect. <laughs> Well, of course, I do aspire to perfection in all things, as you know. So, well, not. that's important to remember. A vision is just, it's a vision. It's a vision. So, we did use the word audacious. You may have seen that on the poster. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. I'm not sure I ever explained it, so it might have been curious. Um, but um, that is a vision statement. It's not a mission which tells, you know, explains how you're going to get there. Mm. It's to be audacious. And we don't want kids to just be curious. We don't want to push them or stimulate them to curiosity. We want them to embrace it and be excited about it and, and want to do it and say that's how you think is by being curious. Um, See, I think you, you are curious. So that's why I'm still struggling with the embracing curiosity as a noun <laughs> because you... You do want to empower students to, you want to kind of encourage their curiosity and their, you know, lifelong demonstration of curiosity. But I, as I said, I will defer just knowing that I'm going to accept an imperfect <laughs> combination of two words. I think embrace okay. makes it personal, though. That's their ownership. You yeah, can I, encourage I them to be curious, or they can embrace it and take it on themselves. I'm probably not explaining. I, I, I know Jane gets it. I know Jane gets it. I'm confident you'll continue to think it's about it. It's <laughs> You can let us know. I have no objection to the word yet. embrace or the word yes. curiosity. Right. I, it's, there's, there's nuance here right. that's there difficult is. to articulate. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll continue working on that. It's not a problem. As you say. One word. That's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually really proud yeah. of that. That's I, great. I love it. Otherwise. <laughs> so, um, so the review of vision and core values draft, is that was that kind of this discussion, or is there yeah. something to add to that? No, I did. We did actually. So we, we ran out of time. We had three days of management conference, mm -hmm. and it was phenomenal amount of, uh, you know, we, we actually pulled out all of the, what we call the nuts and bolts this year mm -hmm. and added a, a day. <laughs> so we took out the nuts and bolts and added a day and really ran out of time because we had so many great conversations about this, mm -hmm. um, about this and other um, things related to getting the system together for the yeah. school year, obviously. So, uh, so even though we didn't get to the core values, we did quite a lot of work on it. And what I did was... Um, we had all the posters with all of the core values that we had come up in, in groups and then we shared them with one another and we wordsmithed the heck out of those. Um, and we ended with the posters. 
So since that time, I put all of that information together in one document, and I sent it to the cabinet. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not asking for them to give me feedback, though, because I really want to do that in person. So mm -hmm. when we have our next cabinet meeting, I've asked them to review it and come prepared to discuss it. Mm -hmm. And I think we are very close. We're down to, I think, five core values, and then under it, we listed some beliefs because we had talked a lot about the difference between a value and a belief and, and right. how they're communicable to uh, parents and students and teachers. We want to make sure everybody understands it. Mm -hmm. We also don't want it to be so lengthy that people can't rattle it off. Nobody can tell you what our core values are right now. That doesn't right. make them alive. It doesn't make them useful. Mm -hmm. So we came up with values that were just short one to three word phrases. And then underneath, you know, we believe this, we believe this, we believe this as our beliefs that sort of, um, you know, not necessarily explain that, but give examples of what okay. that means to us. I didn't want to bring it tonight only because we haven't had that conversation. Right. So I would like the cabinet to be able to give their thoughts on that first, and then mm -hmm. I'll bring it to you for your feedback and consideration. But a, a lot has been done. I would say we're just about finished. Okay. Um, so I'm excited to show you that because I think that's a great document as well. And again, resulted in a lot of phenomenal conversations. We took you know the information right from the... Uh, vision statement and all of the ancillary yeah. information that went with it. So we're seeing it come together very targeted and, and we're excited about it. That's great. From there, just so I can sure. elaborate, yeah. from there of course we're going to create our strategic strategic objectives. So now how do we okay. do that stuff? So if we believe this, and this is where we yeah. want to get, this is our audacious reality for the future, how do we get there? And that's where we come up with our strategic objectives and our action steps with dates, time, people who are responsible. That's, and, uh, that'd be great. We're, we're going to share that, that with you in the fall. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else on this topic? Okay. Public comment? <laughs> no. None. Okay. Superintendent notes. I... Do not have anything. To okay, and we do not have assistant superintendent notes tonight. So school committee notes. Um, I'm going to give start by giving just one update as it relates to the um, school planning committee work. As it, as that relates to the center school project, um, we were representatives from the school planning committee went into the Massachusetts School Building Authority on August 7th for the designer review panel meeting. That's the meeting at which we determine what designers do we want to bring in for a final interview process. And um, we will be going in the 21st, which is next Tuesday, and actually conducting those interviews with the, the final three um, firms and then and at that meeting on the 21st we will also be selecting who the designer is. Good. Then the school planning committee has a meeting on the 22nd and there's a possibility we're hoping if we can have, our, have the stars aligned correctly that mm -hmm. we'll actually be able to have, invite our selected designer in for that meeting. That's exciting. That's it. It is exciting. Yep. Very. They will then, of course, work on the schematic design. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me, uh, which will make the project very much more real. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when they are finished, we are hoping to be able to present the community with information about the project, including the price of the project, and we'll know if this is going to go forward or not. 
a big part of this on our end is what's called an education plan. Mm -hmm. Everything that happens, in, and I've discussed this before, everything that happens in terms of the design comes directly from your vision for the educational programming. It's not because it's shiny or nice or this school has it. It has to be direct correlation to your educational plan. It's so, so amazing to be able to design a school. It really is. <laughs> it's uh, overwhelming, it's intimidating, and it's fascinating and exciting. Mm. So Chrissy Pruitt is leading that education team right now for the school department. Um, she had a group of um, educators and administrators from the district who work okay. together on that as in a preliminary sense mm -hmm. so that when we do get the design on the board they have some sense of what our current reality is for education yeah. so that they covered what we're lacking what have we been cited for by the state right what are you know what does our vision say we're yeah. really focused on doing so things that the public really wouldn't be able to answer. Yeah. But when the designer is on board, they actually do a professional educational planning process with okay. a broader community. Okay. They will have all stakeholder focus groups, mm -hmm. parents will come in, the teachers will come in, and be able to talk about what their vision is for their town's building. Okay. Um, and so this, this uh, initial draft was to get them going, yeah. but the designer actually leads a much larger, more formal process that the community members should be aware of. Um, if they're looking to participate, we're welcoming them to participate. Yeah. This is their building. If it, if it comes to fruition, and we want to make sure that they have um, every part in, mm -hmm. in coming up with the design for it. Great. The only other thing that I, I would add is during this initial phase, the feasibility and schem schematic design, that's actually when we will um, reach a decision about are we looking at a, a project that's going to satisfy the enrollment of just center oh, okay. school, or are we looking at a project that's going to satisfy the enrollment of all the pre-K through two, two schools? Okay. And I would imagine we'll also land on a site that point too. Right, that's the feasibility right. part of the okay. project where they have engineers come in and people who are a lot more educated about this. Okay. So we're, we as a school department proposed two sites, two configurations. We don't know if those configurations or those sites are viable okay. in any way. Right. Right. So the feasibility is when the experts come in. This is what costs the million dollars yeah. that the town invested right. is having the owner's project manager, the designer, and all of these professionals come in and they look at the property, they test yep. the property, they look at the soil, they look at everything you look at when you're doing something of this scale. Yep. And then the, the size of the building that would be needed for that, what your needs would be, if it would fit on that footprint. Right. We could find out it doesn't fit in either one of those places, right. or they're not buildable, or the configurations are not working, and then we, we go back and try to work yeah. on it again. So yeah. it's really not even <coughs> at this point. At this point, we offered up these possibilities. Right. They're seeing if they're feasible, yep. and that's the feasibility stage. So that okay. does take a while. Mm -hmm. That gets finished before, I mean, obviously, we do that before right. schematic design. Mm -hmm. um, but we really don't know, you know, people are saying, so have you decided on what the building is yet? Where is yeah. it going to be? Yeah. I couldn't possibly tell you because right. I am not an expert in that area. Right. That's going to be done over the next eight, ten months or so. Okay. Um, and you know, as soon as we have information, of course, we'll share that. Yeah. And if we have decisions to make, we'll make sure that the public is involved in those decisions. Okay. That's great. Um, anyone have anything else? I'm going to do one other thing. Sure. So, uh, in June, um, 
we were fortunate enough, I think, to be able to attend the Jessa, Jessica Minahan who invited us, and mm -hmm. I, I know Caroline and I went, and so kind of that sparked my curiosity. Okay. So I spent a lot of what I did this summer was kind of read on you know various articles and and publications about social emotional stuff and and the thing that struck me in in terms of importance is one of the themes that I kept seeing was the importance of empathy and really teaching empathy in terms of classrooms and so I just now that we are starting off the beginning of a new school year I just wanted to from my perspective um, talk about how critical I think it is for our educators and, and all of our support staff that are in our building to really be thinking about how are they approaching children and each other um, with a sense of empathy. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just going to read from one of the articles that I read over the summer. This one little paragraph is, because I, I just think it really ties things together, is empathy, the power to understand perspectives other than your own, is an essential skill for all children to master and it's one of the important set of teaching strategies teachers should focus on. Empathy is foundational for building bridges between individuals, understanding each other's complex emotions, gaining a diverse perspective, and leveraging relationships for collaboration and progress. And just, um, it's the start of a new year and I think we all have an opportunity to kind of take a fresh look at things. Mm -hmm. And it is a skill that can be taught and fostered. Right. It isn't something you have or you don't have. Right. Who? For either foster for curiosity. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's there you go. Sorry. Just right. gonna write that down. And I will so. fully take credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jane. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Anything else? Okay, so then I'm going to make a motion to go into executive session, not to return to open session, to discuss strategy with respect to collective bargaining for Unit A, Teachers Unit, and in my opinion, having this discussion in public would be detrimental to the bargaining position of the school committee. Do I have a second? Second. Paul? O'Neill, yes. Durant, yes. Wiseman, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Martin, yes. Thank you. Good night.